usually every Torah portion that we read is associated either with the time that we read it, the holiday that we're reading it in, or it's the Torah portion for that week, the, which is read just once a year. Here on Simchat Torah, we have an anomaly where we have a Torah portion that's read once a year, and it's read on a holiday. So what is the reason that we read this Torah portion on this holiday? So there is the explanation of the Sifri, who says that what we're really doing is trying to conclude the Torah on a joyous day. The joy, most joyous day is a day of Shemini Atzeret, Simchat Torah. In order to celebrate the the conclusion of the Torah on a joyous day, so we picked the day of Simchat Torah to conclude the Torah. So we conclude the Torah this week. We start the Torah on Shabbos and the next Parshas Breshis. So therefore, we read the Torah now not so much because it has to do with Simchat Torah, but because we want to finish the Torah on a joyous day. However, the Gemara and the Rambam have a whole different take on the meaning of, of the uh, reading of the Torah at this time. The Gemara and Megillah says that we read the theme of the holiday on each holiday. So that therefore, the Rambam and the Gemara clearly classify the reading of the Torah on Simchat Torah as, as this is about the holiday. In other words, it's not just we want to finish the Torah on a happy day and therefore this is the last part, let's do this on a happy day. Rather, this section of the Torah is associated with the, with the Simchas Torah. The question is, what's the relationship between Simchas Torah and the Torah portion of Mezos Abrach? And also on the Sifri, you could ask another question. Um, why There are other joyous days in the calendar, like, for example, the joyous celebration of the giving of the Torah on the holiday of Shavuos. Why not conclude the Torah on Shavuos and begin the Torah anew right after Shavuos? So right after Shavuos, we'll start Bereshit. Shabbos Bereshit should be the Shabbos after Shavuos. Why do we have Shabbos Bereshit, the Shabbos after Simchas Torah? Let's conclude the Torah on the joyous day of when, when we finish the Torah. It wouldn't be appropriate on the day that we get the, we receive the Torah, to, when we're celebrating receiving the Torah, to conclude the Torah on that day and to begin it anew. Why do we begin, begin the Torah anew now? So the answer is that, that there are really two different tablets. There are two different models or relationships that we have with Torah. There are the first tablets and there are the second tablets. The first tab tablets are celebrated in the holiday of Shua. So God gave us the Torah, gave us the Ten Commandments, gave us us this unique means to bond with him through studying Torah and doing mitzvot. So we celebrate that. We're happy with that. And really, it's, it's a, Shavuos is a day of tremendous celebration. But then we tore off that connection through the sin of the golden calf. In our prayers of Shoshanah, we say these words, whether we're like your children, whether we're like your servants, we want you to have mercy on us. If we are like your children, have mercy on us like a father has mercy on children. If we're like your servants, our eyes are turned to you until you, until you listen to us. That's what we tell God on, on Shoshana on Yom Kippur. But in order to um, commit a, a sin, what a Jew does, unfortunately, is that he, he, so, he disassociates himself with being God's child. He disassociates himself with being God's servant. 
and he and he throws and he casts it off and he says, I'm not, I'm not your child, I'm not your servant. Because the nature of a child is is this child feels his father. A child, a child thinks, a child's mind is is works in a similar way to the father's mind. A child feels his father, a child loves his father. So if we are God's children, we feel like God's children, we want to do what God wants us to do. If we feel like God's servants, we feel obligated to what God wants us to do. And yet we did the sin of the golden calf. Where did that come from? It came because we lost that feeling of being God's children and being God's servants. And therefore, we cast off the yoke of, of, of God's sovereignty and we cast off the yoke of uh, the cast of, of the relationship of being God's children. But then something novel happened. What happened then was is that God gave us another chance. On Yom Kippur, Hashem said to us, I forgive you with a full heart, with joy. I'm going to let go, and I'm going to give you a completely new chance. So on, on um, Yom Kippur, Hashem gave us the second tablets. The second tablets are not just an, an, a replication uh, or a replacement of the first tablets. The second tablets are a whole new, different kind of relationship that we have with Hashem. But even when we cast off our bond with Hashem, we still make an effort to connect with Hashem anyways. Even though we lost that feeling and lost that connection, we lost, we lost that feeling, we still go beyond our limits and we seek God and we connect with God despite the fact that we don't feel it. What happened when Hashem gave us the second tablets in Yom Kippur, is that we, we became Baalei Teshuva. We became returnees to Torah. A Baal Shuva has a unique power that even a Tzach does not have. As the Talmud says, in a place where you find, a place that a Baal Shuva can reach, the greatest Tzach they cannot possibly reach, the place that a Baal Shuva can reach. So what Hashem gives us on Yom Kippur is the ability to, to discover our own connection to Hashem. It's something novel. In a way, you could say this. A tzaddik, whatever he does, it's all because of God's gift. God gave him the soul. God gave him the Torah. God gave him God's commandments. There's nothing, you don't see any trace of his own achievement. You just see that, there's, that he is following his nature. He has a godly soul. He has a holy soul. He has love for God. And therefore, he learns his Torah. And therefore, he performs his commands with joy. That's the tzaddik. On the other hand, in a Baal Shuvah, and someone who's cast off the yoke of God and made mistakes in his life, and him for him to decide, I want to be close to God again. First of all, there's a huge joy that God has that doesn't have from a tzaddik. It's as it says in Tanya that when, you, when your son is in a state of estrangement from you, and then he returns to you, there's such a unique, deep joy that the father feels that, that, uh, that, that a, a regular father doesn't feel when he doesn't experience, unfortunately, that kind of estrangement. And the son also experiences a new joy in being close with his father that he wouldn't have had had he not been estranged from his father. But in that return, there is a unique joy, there's a unique energy, there's a unique happiness. This, this period of separation and estrangement. So what we have in the second tablets is our innovation, our creating a bond with Hashem when there wasn't any. We, the first tablets are about God's gift. God created a, a means for us to bond with him. That's the first tablets. The second tablets have two novelties. No, novelty number one is that we created this bond. Novelty number two 
is that when you do a mitzvah, you take a piece of, of leather, you make the film out of it, or you take a piece of, of, um, of um, uh, wool, you make out of it a, a pair of tzitzis, you're using an object which already is preconditioned to receive a godly light. It's something which is not so coarse, not so low, something which is able to become a, a vessel for a mitzvah. You're not really going against the grain and, and, and doing something that's that's like, wow, how'd you do that when you make a pair of film? The pair of film, yes, it was a physical object, but now it's 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 now it's a spirit, not totally object. But it's, you're not you're not really changing anything. However, when you do teshuva, doesn't Tanya, that because you only experience this yearning for Hashem as a result of the sin that was done on son, therefore. The, the sin itself turns into a mitzvah. The sin becomes a mitzvah. Why does sin become a mitzvah? Because it is the sin, that feeling of, of, of that bitter feeling of separation that propels this new intensity in relationship to Hashem. That the sin is what creates the Baal Without the sin, you couldn't become Baal Shuva. The sin is what, what opens up the Nisham, opens up the soul to, to discover a whole different kind of bond with Hashem. And that's celebration of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is a serious day. And therefore, the um, celebration Yom Kippur isn't fully manifest. When do we celebrate our, our, our reunion with Hashem? We celebrate it on Simcha's story. We celebrate it without Sukkot. And the climax of the celebration of the second tablets on Simcha's story. We're celebrating, number one, our reunion, so to speak, with Hashem. And number two, we're celebrating all these unique merits that we've created through our sins. God gives us okay? But when do we have something that a Jew accomplishes, that a Jew creates a new kind of light that, that wasn't part of the, the creation of Hashem, that's through tshuva. So what, what we achieve on, on Yom Kippur is that we become partners with God in creation. We don't just follow the, the, um, the plot, follow the plan. Okay, we, we, God gave, created us with a soul and gave us a Torah into the mitzvahs. What, what, what's unique and novel in, in what happens on Yom Kippur is that we create our own bond with God. Not something that God gave us, but something that we achieved. And the, and the mitzvahs, the merits, the light that we bring to Hashem, it's something which is, which is unique. I was reading my, to my daughter yesterday this article. Um, Bar Chabad has a section for children. And uh, it's very, very cute. And um, there's one um, scene in this story where this man invents this uh, invention to trace the light of Hashem. He wants to find out where the children went, how the children weren't showing up in school before Yom Kippur. And he has a special invention where he can trace the light of Hashem that is drawn down from mitzvahs. And he sees that there's no, there's lights aren't there, and therefore the children are, he has to find out where the children are. So if we were to use the conventional tools to discover the light of Hashem, you could only find mitzvahs. Avedas, sins aren't, aren't something that bring down the light of Hashem. And yet, that's the innovation, that's the unique quality of, of Yom Kippur, of Tshuva, where a Jew creates a whole different light that wasn't there before. And that's why we read this section of the Torah, of Bracha, on Simcha's Torah. isn't just read because it's a conclusion of Torah, therefore we read it now. Rather, in V'zei Sabracha we see the, the theme of the holiday of, of Simcha's Torah. How do we see it? 
says in the Talmud, you have a question, if you made a blessing, you don't know, um, you started a blessing with one intent, and you finish a blessing with another intent, let's say you had raisins, and you wanted to say a bracha eats and the raisins, and you started off saying, Baruch Hashem, you know what, I don't have raisins, I want to have a cup of water. And he said, he finished, does the bracha work or not? So the Talmud says, the conclusion is, there's different opinions, the conclusion is that everything goes by the last words that you said, by the conclusion. Parenthetically, the previous service said that the angels have a really hard time on Simchas Torah, because the previous service gave the analogy, a guy is making Kiddush, and he says, Baruch Hashanah, and someone else uh, grabs and finishes a blessing, the angels don't know what's going on. The blessing was started, the other guy finished the blessing, there's all these different kinds of uh, uh, of, of lights of, uh, that are created that aren't aren't expected. Anyways, so the conclusion of the whole Torah is the theme of the Zosah Bracha. You see with the theme of Zosah Bracha and the conclusion. What's the conclusion of the Zosah Bracha? The conclusion of the Zosah Bracha is Le'enei Kal Yisrael. And Rashi explains what is the Torah referring to when it says the eyes of all of Israel. It's referring to the shattering of the first tablets and the gift of the second tablets and how God said to Moses when he shattered the first tablets, Yashar Koyach, I appreciate this. This was a great move. Good job you broke the first tablets. What's Yashar Koyach? What Yashar Koyach is, is that through the breaking of the first tablets, it unearthed a whole new bond with God. That's infinite. That's not according to the regular order and system. And that's why the we read this section of the Torah. The beginning of the Torah portion, it talks about the gifts of God. Torah begins with, this is the blessing that Moses gives the Jewish people. What's a blessing? He talks about how God gave us the Torah Mount Sinai, and he asked all the nations they wanted, and he gave it to us. The Torah's inheritance, Torah Tzivolano Moshe Moroshkil, Siakam, Torah's inheritance, the Jewish people. That's how he starts off the, um, the, uh, the Torah portion. It begins with God's gift, but the conclusion of the Torah portion is, there's something unique about the Jewish people, something special that we're doing. And that is the power of Teshuvah. And that's why we read this Torah portion on Simchas Torah, because Simchas Torah is about the unique bond of the Jew and Hashem. And that's why Simchas Torah is on the eighth day of the holiday. Eight represents the infinite, something which is beyond all limitation, something which can't be measured, something which, 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 which is not understood, something, something which we can't, create and something which we can't break. It's something which is deep, deep within us. And on Simchas Torah, we dance in the Torah as the previous Rebbe says, he says that when a Jew goes to Simchas Torah to dance the Torah, you go to, to dance the Torah with great sacrifice. It's not just you're dancing. In that, in that, when you're jumping into that circle, you're jumping into the circle with a sense of like, I'm giving myself over to Hashem. It's not just like, like you're, you're, oh, let's have a party. It's more like I'm, I'm there. I'm with the Jewish people. I'm going. I'm going. With, I'm with God. It's interesting. The in the language of the Talmud about the about Simchas Torah, the Talmud says the Talmud gives a parable about the king who has his close friend, and he tells his friend, you know, I had a party for everybody. Now I want to have a day of partying just with you. So in a similar way, the first days of the holiday, through the bring the various sacrifices, it brings blessing to all nations of the world. It refines and elevates nations of the world. That's why there's 70 bulls that are brought throughout the holiday to elevate the 70 nations. And now at the conclusion of the holiday, God says to bring one bull and one ram. What's the idea of the one bull and one ram? The idea is that God's making it possible to have one day that's unique just for us. The king tells his friend in the language of the Talmud, let's roll boy Nagalga. Nagalga means to roll. What do you mean let's roll? So I, 
I heard one interpretation of the Galga comes through an eagle. Eagle means a circle. The king says to the Jewish people, "There's some. Let's make a circle now. There's there's, there's something that I do. I, I I I love all my creatures. I help all my creatures. But there's a unique circle-like connection I have with you. Something infinite that I have with the Jewish people. And perhaps that's also alluded to in the circle that we dance around the bima, just like the Tommy's expression. Let's boy in a goggle and mash it him. So whatever we'll find, the king says to his friend, I had a party, I served it at dinner, and now whatever we'll find, we'll have a party just for us together. What God's telling us by with this is, doesn't matter what happened the whole year. It doesn't matter where you were before. But Mashatimsa, whatever you are, whatever's going on, as we see in Sabbath's Torah, who celebrates the Torah? Every Jew celebrates. And how do we celebrate? We celebrate not the way the Torah is wrapped up, but not the way the Torah is read and we learn the Torah. We, we celebrate the Torah when it's covered. We celebrate the Torah not with the information of the Torah, because the Torah is a lot more than information. That's why it's customary to keep the crowns on the Torah when you dance. Why to keep the crowns on? Because we're not celebrating with the information. We're celebrating with the crown of Torah. The crown of Torah means the infinite light, just like in a, in a, in, on, on a human body, the crown is placed above the head. So the crown of Torah represents the infinity of Torah. And that's why the, the, the whole world is enveloped with this joy in a unique way, analogous to the coming of Mashiach on Simchas Torah. Because this is when God gives us the crown of Torah, the infinite light of Torah, which has no limitations. And therefore it extends to all Jews and all places. And the whole world is, is, is enveloped with this joy and with this light. And specifically, not with studying the Torah. Because we also study Torah and Simchas Torah like we study Torah every day. But what's the Simchas Simchas Torah? It's with the crown of the Torah. You keep the crowns on the Torah when you dance. And how do you dance? Dance in a circle. It's, you're celebrating the infinite bond you have on Hashem. It has nothing to do with where you were, were a moment ago. Yesterday, before the end of Shabbos, someone shared a, a powerful thought from a discourse of the Rebbe, just one of, of the Alter Rebbe that the Rebbe repeated. I just want to share that thought, something that we could really, really um, use at this time. The Alter Rebbe said that the garments of the soul are very, very powerful. And he gave two analogies. The first analogy is, there's a guy who is very foolish and he hears a good ideas from other people. And he shares ideas he hears from other people. So he's using a garment, but himself is not there. The second analogy, the Alter Rebbe, is a cruel person who does an act of kindness. Yeah, he is a cruel person. He's not a, a kind person, but he does physically does an act of kindness. So the Rebbe said, a Jew may look at himself in the mirror and say, listen, the month of Elo passed. The last 12 days of the month of Elo passed. The Shoshana passed. The 10 days of Shua passed. Yom Kippur passed. The, day, the, the, the four luminous days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot have passed. The first days of Sukkot have passed. And I'm not there. I don't have the joy of Sukkot Torah. I don't have the joy of the Torah. I haven't, I haven't made any real changes in my life. I'm not there. So the Alter Rebbe was famously asked once about some Hasidim of his who seem to be holier than thou. They would pray for many hours. They will learn for many hours. But they weren't up to there. So they asked the Alter Rebbe, you know, you should tell these guys how they should behave. They're, they're pretending to be so holy. They're not so holy. So the Alter Rebbe said, it should be fulfilled upon them the ruling of the conclusion of Masech Tepeya. Those who had come to the Alter Rebbe thought, oh, great, he's going to respond. Hey, great, he, he, he cursed them. Wow, we got a curse on them. They're stuck. What does it say in the conclusion of Masech Tepeya? Conclusion of Masech Tepeya, it says, if someone pretends to need staka, does not need staka, he will end up needing staka. If someone pretends to be blind, he's not blind. 
God forbid, will end up becoming blind. Someone pretends to be lame is not lame, will end up becoming lame. So the author was saying, if you pretend to be a chassid, pretend to be someone who prays all day, you'll be that way. That's the purpose of these two analogies of the Rebbe. Is if someone's cruel and do an act of kindness, that will reveal the good feelings and, and make that person a kind person. Someone who is not intelligent, and he shares the word of Torah anyways. That, that sharing of the words of Torah in the garments of his own his thoughts, that will make him a smart person, that will make him a tamal And so too the Rebbe said regarding joy. Don't look at yourself in the mirror so carefully and ask where were your Shoshana, Yom Kippur, and the Tenzin Tshuva, where were you Sukkot? Look at your feet, basically, and dance with the Torah. Just so action is the main thing. It doesn't matter where you're a moment ago. It matters now in the Torah. Dance the Torah. As Rebbe Rashab said, that we have to cherish every moment of the 48 hours of Shmini and Tzeres of the Torah because of every moment the, we're able to draw down for ourselves and the Jewish people abundance of, and he said these words, it could draw down barrels and barrels of abundance of blessing both materially and spiritually, every through every moment of dancing, and uh, let's do it. Should celebrate with the Rebbe, you should lie with Mashiach.